0: Deconstruction. We accept the common definition as a Christian phenomenon where people unpack, rethink, examine their belief systems. We do not believe that deconstruction is inherently good or bad. Depending on how it is approached, it can lead to a variety of conclusions, including the strengthening, adjusting, or abandonment of one's faith. The reason why we would do a series on this topic is because many people in this cultural moment are deconstructing their faith and then walking away from a relationship with Jesus as a result, which we see as a tragic problem. We believe that the God of the universe has revealed himself in the person of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the composition of the Bible. Our mission in this series is to equip the saints for standing up against the lies of our culture that call God's word into question by twisting its meaning or by rejecting its authority altogether. Are you building something up or tearing something down? We refuse to be content with almost true.
1: So wonderful to see everyone. Thank you for being here. You heard in the video announcement, this is rated PG-13-R. And if you think we're kidding, I got news for you. You need to listen up. People last night was pretty much giving me hoot out eyes and they were completely shocked. And I'm telling you in advance so that... You, right now, if you have kids in here, had a, had a young lady I heard, hey, it wasn't bad as health class. Well, I, I want to tell you if it was not as bad as health class, I would want to be in there with my kid in health class. So if you're in here with your child and you feel like you're good with that, you, you need to hear me out right now. You feeling me? Okay, I'm just being serious. If you were here last night, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I am glad that you're here, and if you are a guest, this is not a typical message that you would hear at Heart of the City Church. So I hope you come back again. You may not, but I hope you do. But I want to be honest with you, it's not uh, a typical message that you were here. This, The name of it is Naked and Afraid. And so uh, sometimes they were naked and afraid, and sometimes they were naked and not afraid. But last week, if you did not hear Nathan Finocchio's message, uh, I think that you really need to do that. Well, who was that, J.O.? Well, get online and find out who he was. Uh, we have him on, online, on podcast, I think Facebook Live, whatever it may be. Figure it out. You'll figure it out. You figure out everything else. Figure it out. Uh, and, f- and listen to Nathan Finocchio uh, last weekend. Uh, When it comes to deconstruction, that's why we just decided to do a message on this. Uh, When you begin, this is the, the point that I'm coming with. When you begin to change, create, invent God's word to fit your lifestyle, to fit your desires, and your feelings and you manipulate God's word to the point of you have figured out how to work his word to fit your life. This is what I'm personally meaning by deconstruction. There's a construction element to that. There is a deconstruction. There is a destruction that can happen with deconstruction. I will begin by setting a platform that at heart of the city church, we believe in the perfect, flawless word of God. If that's not where you're coming from, this message will get a little uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you right now, this message is uncomfortable no matter what. This message is so uncomfortable, I don't want to preach it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And so looking at faces last night, I knew they were uncomfortable. And I was like, give me a stinking break. You think you're all you're doing is listening to it. You should be preaching it. Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You could call the Bible two authors. God the author using man to write. I I like to put it this way. God is the author and man is the writer. God inspired man to write his flawless word. God's always chosen to use man. And it's profitable for doctrine, which is teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness. Only one chapter after that, you see this very important scripture Uh, which I think is taking place right now. When I first got born again in 86, it's like, well, you know, 35 years ago, whatever it is. Now this is happening. 2 Timothy 4.3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, say with me, desires, that desire is, it is it's a longing, it's a desire, it's a lust. Their own desires, because they have itching, another word in that, that Greek right there is tickling, ears, they heap up for themselves teachers. Well, I'm not one of those teachers that they're heaping up. I'll tell you that right now. My hope today is not to share my opinion in the area of sexuality, but to share God's opinion and his preference. So when you get mad at me, when you get mad at me, redirect it today because you should be getting mad at God. You can get mad at me. I'll take it. I chose to be the one that speak this at heart of the city church. But I'm just doing my best to share God's opinion in these areas. Unadulterated word of God. not the cultural word of God, not the world's word of God, but God's word. My hope today is not share my opinion in this, but God's opinion. My goal is to share the full counsel say that would be full counsel. So we're going to look at many scriptures, old and new, because that's the full counsel of God in the area of holy sex and unholy sex. My plan is not to give you bullets to hurt people around you with self-righteous arrows of going, oh, I can shoot you apart. I know what the word of God means. That's not my heart whatsoever. My heart is that we operate in the spirit of Jesus. Like the woman caught in adultery. If anybody could have stoned her, it was Jesus. But he said, go sin no more, neither do I condemn you. I want to sharpen this with with the word of God so that you can share truth that people will receive. If all you do is bash people with truth, like, can I use your Logan? Logan, you heroin addict, you, you're going to hell on a grease pole. <laughs> well, that may be true, but you just scared the hell out of Logan and he didn't receive from you. So if you unload truth on people without grace and love, they just refuse. You just tick people off. You just, you just tick them off. So I hope to share it in such a way that you will receive it, to share with others that they will receive it. Believers and followers of Jesus, we don't get to create our faith. We don't get to create it. We don't get to uh, change it with time and with culture and fads and the world standards. Our faith is passed on to us. We're not progressive We remain. My faith is the same from 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000, over 2,000 years ago. I have the same exact faith. It's not been recreated. It's not been invented. I don't invent as we go. I don't invent my faith and create my faith according to how I feel and the desires and what's going on around my world. My faith remains. It doesn't waver. I have the same faith as my dad and mom had. I have the same faith that Timothy had. I have the same faith that Paul had. I have the same faith that John had. I had the, the same faith. It's not been invented. It's not been recreated. It's not, oh, I'm going to make my faith because it's kind of cool right now and people are going to like me. If No, cool is lukewarm and I'm not down with it. I'm not called to affirm sin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm called to be transformed. Right. You're not called to affirm. You're called to be agents of transformation. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Love is love? Well, almost true. Yeah. Why do you think we named this? There's a, a lot of almost truths. Love is No, God is love. Affirming sin will drive deception into the heart of the person that you're affirming. You're going to drive them on away from God. You will drive a peg saying, we affirm you. This is okay. No, please love people enough not to affirm their sin. Please love them enough. Please have enough courage not to affirm people in their sin. Please don't be overly cool and overly communicative. Like, yeah, yeah, anything goes, it goes. No, just stop that. We have to be the church that God calls us to be full of grace and truth. When I disagree with you, it doesn't mean I'm a bigot or that I'm intolerant that I don't like you. I can disagree with you and actually really love you. Yeah, right. Really, J.O.? Yes, ask my wife. <laughs> ask Ray Dean. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. How many of you disagree with your spouse? The rest of you are filthy liars. <laughs> Not that you always disagree with your spouse, but My goodness, you marry someone opposite of you, and it's craziness, right? So some sin is more socially accepted than others. I'm not here to pick on any sexual sin. I'm going to cover a range of sexual sin, but I am going to camp on one pretty good because it's the hot topic in our society and culture. And so we're going to start with sin. You ready? Here we go. It gets a little bit hotter as we go. The first one is fornication. Does anybody know what fornication is? If you know what fornication is, raise your hand. If you don't, I'm going to dive into it. Fornication is intercourse between two people not married. Now, this is only the beginning. If you aren't 17, you're going to get really nervous. Okay? If you're a parent, you're going to start feeling really weird and awkward. I'm just trying my best (laughs) to tell you. Because I'm not punching, pull, I'm not pulling back punches today. Once in a while, I have to preach these sermons because of what people are faced with in the culture and how it's impacting our generation and culture. Let's talk about fornication. Is it a sin? What does the Bible say about two people having sex outside of wedlock? Very popular. Does it mean that it's okay? Let's see what God says. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. We'll talk about that in a minute. Fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. Skip a verse. Two down to 21. Envy, murders, drunkenness. All these are in the same lineup. Revelries and alike. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice, say that with me, practice. I'm not here to... Beat up on anyone that makes a mistake. I'm talking about you live it. You practice it. There is no resistance inside you. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. If you do not resist, you have a problem. If you're like, yeah, I live in fornication. I do it every day and this is how we flow and this is what we do. You need to repent. Yeah, I, Had a guy get really mad at me last night. That's Okay. I'd rather for you to get so mad at me, but you repent and your life be transformed and change, set you free, right? So if there's no resistance inside of you, you have a problem. You need to cry out to God. It goes on to say, Which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told those in the past, that those who practice such things will not enter the kingdom of God. That word uh, uh, fornication is porneo. And I have my shirt on today. It's so old, you can hardly read it. But it says, porn kills love. My son was doing a conference one time, leading worship, and he had his guitar over this area. And he's just... (laughs) And all you saw, all you saw on the camera was porn. Like the porn conference. This is not a shirt that you want to wear when you're playing a guitar. Just just saying. True. What does pornoia mean? It means idolatry, fornication, holiday, uh illicit sexual intercourse. It's pretty bad. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, sexual intercourse and close relatives, uh, relatives, uh, sexual intercourse with a divorced man, so forth and so on. It's, it's big. Fornication. Say that with me, fornication. fornication. If you're living a, as a fornicator right now, you should stop today. Amen. Right now. Let me help you. I'll be your best friend right now. Next one is adultery. How many of you know what adultery means? Some of these are very, very accepted in our society, and I bet you don't even know the law on it. What is adultery? Adultery is sex between a married person and not their spouse. You got a little something-something on the side. Got a little girlfriend on the side. You working nine to five, but seven o'clock, you hooking up. Adultery. Let me just read the state of Idaho law for you. Adultery is illegal, and you can look it up on the internet, is illegal in Idaho. Idaho under the section of 18-6605 of the Idaho Code. Adultery is classified as a misdemeanor offense and a punishment for committing adultery in Idaho is a fine up to $1,000 or up to six months in jail or both. Why don't you give $1,000 to Jesus today and just stop what you're doing? You don't even have to give a thousand dollars. Just stop it. You're destroying your life, that other person's life, and probably two families, and on and on and on. This next one is definitely not sociably accepted. Where I where I come from, hopefully where you come from. I'm just saying. It's in the Bible, old and new, and it's uh, Exodus. And don't laugh on the front row because last night people just started laughing and had me laughing. And I think I started the whole mess because this is some awkward conversations, but it's Bible. And if you're doing this, you need to stop. Whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. Bestiality. Exodus 22, 19, that's the, not the only place that it's talked about. This speaks of sexual connection with animals. We're going to just move on from that one. Number four, homosexuality. Homosexuality. Same attraction, sexual relationship. Anybody not know what homosexuality Do you not know what bestiality is? Okay, here we go. Let's move on. Homosexuality. How many of you think you know what homosexuality is? Raise your hand. Okay, This is the one that I'm going to camp out on today because it's the hot topic. And it's the one that's being kind of deconstructed. Does the scriptures really mean what they mean? And I want to give you God's opinion on that today. Homosexuality, same attraction, sexual relationship between same sex or gender. Uh, This didn't even become an English word until the late 1800s. But that doesn't mean that that word... Or what it meant is not in the Bible in the Hebrew or the Greek definitely been around for a very, very long time, even before America was a country um, let 's jump let's jump right into Creation, because we got to start in the very beginning and just kind of flow through it to see what the Holy Spirit says throughout the Bible in these areas and subject. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is the great creator. He's a beautiful creator. Everything that we are part of, he created. God is the creator and we are the created. We can honor the creator by honoring how and what and who he created. You want to honor God with your body? Honor him by honoring how he created you. Your identity is not, your identity is actually given to you It's not man-made. You don't have the right to recreate your identity because your identity came from the creator. Let's move on. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Wow. You're not a beast. You're not an animal. You're a human made in the image of God Almighty. Wow. You should take great joy and honor in that. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created Aided him. Look, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. Let's see how the woman was made. Women, you should be so excited It's such a beautiful thing that God did. Genesis 2.18, and the the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. Adam, at this point, is the only human being on the face of the earth. He is alone. I go elk hunting for a week by myself, and I get weird. (laughs) And I know I'm coming back to my wife and my family. If you are a Christian single today, it doesn't mean that you have to be weird. It doesn't mean that you have to be hurting. You can be in a beautiful community around you and never be married and have a wonderful life. Matter of fact, you'll be more like Jesus and Paul. That's just not my way. I needed a wife not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Remember that word comparable? We're gonna get back to that. That's an important word. Genesis 20 through 24. So Adam gave names to all the cattle. If you want to know why a pig's a pig, a cow's a cow, a donkey's a donkey, asses an ass, all those different things. It's because that's what Adam named them. And God calls a look at this. This is beautiful. This gets so wonderful. Beast of the field, but Adam, there was not a found, a helper, comparable, there's that word again, comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in the place, and the rib which, was, uh, which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. This is what Adam said. How cool. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave, shall leave his father and his mother and be joined with his wife, and they shall become one flesh. What a beautiful thing. Let me take... At different scriptures, I'm just going to notate some different things. Here's some notes for you. Note number one, God created only two human beings at the time. One was a male and one was a female. You following me? Note, they were made in the image of God. What a beautiful honor that we have. Note number two, Eve was from Adam's side. Not from a foot for him to stomp on. Not from his back to be behind him. Not from his head to be over him. From the side to walk in life together as a comparable helpmate. A beautiful two people walking together in love on this earth, a man and a woman. Now, the word comparable, this is what you need to hear this morning. Two times it uses this word, comparable. It means a front, listen, part opposite. It means specifically a counterpart or mate. So you have this part that is opposite. Both humans, sexually different, counter-opposite. You following that? Very important for you to see how God created us. Jesus was asked about divorce in Mark 2, and Jesus kind of improves on the law. Uh, he kind of ups the ante on the law because it seemed like most people could just turn in, I want a law, I want a, I want a divorce and get a certificate of law. And, and you know, the, the grace of Jesus, the law of love goes way higher standard than that. And it says this in Mark 10, 6, but from the beginning of creation... From the beginning of creation, not in 2023, not with the secular world, not with the culture. In the beginning of creation, God made male and female. And he goes on to talk about leaving in Cleveland and let no man put asunder what God has put together. And and then Jesus quotes Genesis 2.24 and says, Therefore a man shall leave his father And his mother, everyone say leave and cleave. cleave. So it's two families and hold fast to his wife and they become one flesh. This opposite sexual relationship, they become one flesh from two different families. And at this point, they're naked. Someone on Instagram the other day said, what does naked mean? I said, first of all, listen to me real good on Instagram. My first language is Southern. If you don't know what the heck neck it is, figure it out. My second language is English. And I have no training in Hebrew or Greek, but I praise God for Phil, who I sent all my Greek Hebrew words too. He was so nice to get on, text me the right pronunciation and I promise I will trash them today, Phil. I almost need Phil to stand up here and just say, Phil, now what's that word, Phil? He's so beautiful in his Greek and oh gosh, God bless you, Phil. Thank you for doing that. They're, not ne- they're naked and not afraid at this point. Jesus doesn't quote Genesis, let me show you, He doesn't quote Genesis: 127, the Amagodea, not in the area of his image. Jesus goes and addresses the biological differences between male and female when he's asked about divorce. The Creator made male and female only. And Jesus speaks and quotes concerning divorce stemming from a marriage. So even from a negative situation, he speaks only of a male and a female. How many know that God is a covenant God? Yes. Marriage, how many of you are, are married and you're in a covenant, right? It's a covenant. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, when, when Adam and Eve sin. And all of a sudden they sin, and now they're naked and afraid. What does God do? He, he covers them. How did he cover them? Animal skin. With animal skin. Everyone said the shedding of blood. Shedding blood. Not all covenants are made with shedding of blood. Like, there's never going to be a flood on the earth again because God made a covenant with us through a rainbow. You follow me? That's God's original covenant, rainbow. But most covenants are made with blood. If, you were, if I was a priest in the Old Testament, literally I would be standing up here probably drenched in blood up to here. Give me your pigeon. Give me your ram. Give me your sheep. Give me your lamb. Bring your little lammy that doesn't have a flaw. Your first male. Let me, I'd be like, I'm never going to hunt again in my life. Blood, this covenant. Yeah. And then Jesus shed his, blood. what did he shed? Blood. I think we sang about it. Yeah, he shed his blood. And then guess what happens when a virgin male man and a virgin woman gets married? Guess what happens? All of a sudden, they're excited. They have sex that night. A hymen is broken and there's bloodshed. Wow, wow. Right then and there, guess what takes place? Covenant. A beautiful, holy, holy. It only happens in that relationship. A holy covenant is made between a young man. It doesn't have to be a young man. I would say typically a young man and a young lady. I love Bob Dylan. He sings a song. Covenant woman. Got a contract with the Lord. Way up yonder, great will be his reward. Covenant woman shining like a morning star. I know I can trust in you. Please stay the way you are. Oh, it's a beautiful song. Anybody ever heard Covenant Woman before? You need to listen to Bob Dylan occasionally. He's only the greatest writer on the face of the earth. Christian, come on, somebody songwriter. He's got about 3 or 4 Christian albums out, man. It's awesome. Last night I dove into Genesis 19:1 through 9. That is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not going to dive into that time, that because my message went really long last night. It's going to go long today, I'll tell you that right now. But <laughs> it's not going to go as long. And I say that because In that story, two angels appear. Sodom and Gomorrah is getting ready to get wiped out. Two angels appear, and all the men in the city, young and old, all the men, all the men, all show up at Lot's house and want to know these two men. Well, they didn't know there were angels. I guarantee you that. And Noah is sexual. So there was going to be a, a crazy date rape that was going to happen. All the men was going to gang rape these two angels. And all of a sudden, that didn't take place. Now, the reason why I don't go into that story, because I don't want you to use that as ammo against people. Right. Yeah. That's right. Because it's not a consensual relationship between two men homosexual men, it is a rape. If it would have been all the men in the city getting ready to rape two women, it would have been bad too. Now, you can imagine the evil that's involved. God wiped the city off the face of the earth, but we don't need to dive into that. You Follow me? You can read that yourself. Uh, Leviticus 18 and 20. I wanted to give you the full counsel of God, all the Bible. Leviticus 18 and 20. 22 You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is abomination. It is abomination. There's many things in an abomination, just so that you have a heads up. I think if you lie, that's an abomination. If you all kinds of things is abomination. So I don't want you to get all tweaked out like, this is an abomination and nothing else is an abomination. This is abomination and a, a lot of other sins are an abomination, but this is an abomination. Uh, I, I'm trying to give you my, not my opinion, but God's word on, on this subject today. Uh, Leviticus 2013. How many of y'all, y'all believe in the whole Bible? You don't just kick the old Testament to the curb because it's like, oh, now it's just you know, there's nothing about the Old Testament. You know, we're just Jesus and, you know, Matthew. No, you've got to look at the whole Bible, man. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Leviticus 20, 13. Now, the, the law has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. I'm not under the, the law of Moses. I'm not under the, the Jewish law. But it doesn't mean that I don't read it, meditate it, and, and understand the heart of the Father. Uh, Leviticus twenty thirteen: if a man lies with a male, as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Two scriptures, law of Moses. Does this deal with homosexual acts or do you feel like these people are being exploited and that's why they are in the scripture? Don't answer that. You can't in your heart. Are these verses for Christians today? Do you think that these scriptures, these are some of the hot topics, do you think the scriptures only speaking toward pedophilia? Well, it appears to include same sex, consensual, any male. It does not read exploited, it does not read child, it does not read pedophilia, it does not read a a boss over a slave, but any male. So you cannot, in my book, deconstruct that and say, well, it's a male having sex with a boy, or it's a, a male taking advantage of another. The Bible doesn't say that. And if you look up male and male, you're going to see that it's any male and any male, amen. You may not like that, but I'm preaching the Bible and the, and the every word, Hebrew, Greek, whatever it may be, I'm sharing the Bible with you today. Now we're going to talk about Paul. Because we've kind of camped out in the Old Testament. If you want to hear a longer sermon, go to the one last night. Paul would be reading. Now listen to this. Paul would be reading and quoting and using and writing from the Old Testament that is written in Greek. Okay? He's reading. He's talking. He's communicating. He's quoting from uh, the the Septuagint. Say that with me, Septuagint. Septuagint. What is the Septuagint? It's the Old Testament translated in the Greek. This is what Paul would be using. Okay. Before I I, I need you to look at uh, up at me just for a minute because we're going to go a little deeper. And don't bury your head, because if I feel awkward, you have to feel awkward with me. Before diving into this area, and you may think that the American culture is so sexual that God is old-fashioned. My God. Goodness, you're going to a book that is so old-fashioned. That old-fashioned God doesn't know what he's talking about. You think Paul would know what he's talking about? What do you you mean? Wow, our culture is nothing like the Greco-Rome culture. Our culture is nothing like who Paul was writing to. You think that we have a challenge? You think that I'm counter-culture right now? I'm nothing compared to what Paul and who he was writing to. He was right in the midst of the Rome culture. Homosexuality, lesbian relationship, all these things was wide spectrum, same-sex porn, sex everywhere in this culture. He would have been writing and they would have totally understood what he was talking about. Because it was so... Like like the, 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 the church of Corinth. we got a book called Corinthians, right? Yep, yes. People went to Corinth to have sex vacations. Wow. It got quiet in here. You have stay vacations. They had sex vacations. Let's go to Corinth. So God knows exactly what he's dealing with. God knows exactly the condition of our culture. It may be new to you and it may be new to me. It's nothing new under the Son to God. It doesn't surprise him. Paul's not surprised at all. So let's look at Romans 1. Most important debated chapter probably in the Bible. Only passage in the Bible where female homoereticism is used and what that means is lesbian, only place in the Bible that is used. So let's read. And that's gonna, you're going to find that in, in the verse 26. And it says, uh, verse 23 through 27, and exchange, even from the get-go, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. Creeping things. Could be creepy, but Creepy. <laughs> Therefore, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts and impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather. Look, the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, just so that you know, I have friends who are a homosexual family Homosexual. I have friends that came out of it. So if you are related or have friends, family, in the, you, hey, you, we probably all know people that are in this or battling through this or so forth and so on. So don't feel alone in this room. You with me? Yes, For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Here we go. For their women exchanged, these are important words, natural Relationships for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relationships with women and were consumed with passion for one another. It's not shocking to to Paul. (laughs) Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves due penalty for their error. So here's a couple of things that you need to know. If you're feeling good about yourself because you're straight and you've never had a homo never never had a homosexual relationship and you feel so good about yourself right now. Rome, Romans teaches that every one of us in this room are sinners. If you're straight, you're a sinner. If you're gay, you're a sinner. If you're a Roman, you're sinner. If you're a Greek, you're if you're a Jew, if you're breathing air on this earth right now, you're a sinner. So stop feeling so good about yourself and all self-righteous. We're all sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. Roman teaches that very, very, very plainly. Look at verse 26 for a minute. This is a scripture that's very important because let me make a statement. It's vital to know that female homoeretic relationships were not exploited in ancient world. Okay. Lesbian relationship, it wasn't forced, it wasn't exploited. This is what took place. People chose if they were born that way or if they chose, maybe they went through something, maybe they just chose this or maybe they were introduced to it, but they did it. It wasn't an exploited situation. Okay? Paul reasons, listen to this note, Paul reasons that the behavior departs from design, An exchange of the creator, imago Deo. From the creator, there is an there is a exchange. There is departing from that which is natural, departing, departing from design, and exchanging. It's very very dangerous. We should celebrate how we're designed. It's a gift from God. And to redesign yourself is very dangerous. Note, contrary to nature or against nature. Say that with me, against nature. That Greek is peril, fencing. And I know I'm slaughtering it, Phil. Praise God. But it is a common term many Greek philosophers use to describe same-sex relations against nature and exchanged. Paraphancing is Paul's argument means against design or against how you were born. J.R. was born same-sex attraction. You, You may have been. I can't control that. I can't tell someone if they were born same-sex attraction. You say, "Well, yeah, I'm just like I've never was raised that there was same-sex attraction born." I, I can't fight that. I don't know. But what I am saying that if you were born same-sex attraction, that's still not your design. That's not your DNA. That's not how God created. We're all born into sin. We're all born sinners. That's why a person has to be born again, or they're never going to get this. So if you're in this room and you're same-sex attracted, I'm trying my best with all my heart, not trying to make you feel weird because there's people in this word room that might be living in fornication or adultery and it's all wrong and God calls us to live according to his design you following me? okay we getting ready getting real close to, to land the sex jets you ever heard cool those jets down 1 Corinthians 6, 9. A couple of areas in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God? And then it talks about what some of the unrighteous is. It goes on to say, do not be deceived. That's a good word. You don't want to be deceived in this area. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, okay? That word, homosexuality, is a melokai, or melokoi, and what it literally means is soft and delicate, right? And so you, if you look at the scripture, I would never read that and go, man, just to to put the word soft and delicate in there, uh, do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who, who practice soft and delicate. No, there's, there's more to it, even though that's the meaning of it. And let me give you a, a more of a historic understanding of Amalekite. Now, we're going to go really deep here real quick. Are you ready? Under 17 years old. Ready? Roman writers, Lucan and Pharaoh uh, used use the same word to describe a man castrated to look like they had lady parts. Why are you saying all this this morning, J.O.? I want you to understand that you, the, Paul who wrote these things and used the words that he wrote knew what he was saying. Right. He was in the culture. Many Greco-Greek writers use the many times of the passive partner of men who dressed up like women feminine. If you are a man in here and you're more feminine, that doesn't mean that you're a homosexual. And don't even go away from here saying that Pastor J.O. said that. That's not what I'm saying. You could be a tomboy. Doesn't mean that you're a lesbian. The passive partner in homosexual encounters would have sometimes been called a melachai or someone who dressed up that way or someone who even shaved their private parts or was castrated. That's what that word means. If you're wondering, oh, is it just a pedophile or is it, is it just someone who takes advantage of it? Is it slave labor? Is someone taking advantage of the slave? No, it's not. It's way larger than that. It's a man, any male, practicing homosexuality. Let's move on. Let's look at the next, almost done. 1 Timothy 1.10. This is, last night I said, it talks about those who enter the kingdom of God. No, it's really in this one. It's all about the law and who are lawbreakers and why the law exists. And it says this in 1 Timothy 1:10. The sexually immoral men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. That word homosexuality there is Arseniocotites. It's a compound word. Arseniocotites. It's abuser of oneself, of of mankind. One who lies with a male as with a female, sodomite, homosexual. That word, let's just break down the compound just for a moment, and I'm almost done. You think it's uncomfortable for you, you should preach it. Arson means male. Kotite means the male sperm or bed couch. This is the only place this compound word is in all Greek literature and Bible, but both arson and koite appear right beside one another in another place, and you'll never guess. Let me show you right where it's right next to each other. Leviticus 2013 and I, I've put it there of how it would read in a substitution, and that's how it would read. I'm not going to read that because I'm not good in Greek, but whoever lies with a male with the lying of a woman. Let me conclude with a summary. Everyone stretch for a minute. Here we go. Everyone smile. Even if you're mad at me. You'll get over it. I can only imagine what guests think. The ball headed dude, some kind of porn on his shirt. <laughs> Coming to visit. Please come back. Here's the summary. Here's the summary the bible only mentions heterosexual marriages only number 2 Leviticus 18:22 and 13 prohibit male same sex intercourse and uses general language to encompass all forms and does not mention anyone or anything about being exploited, abused, or pedophilia. Number three. To exchange or change the creation from that the creator intended is wrong and very dangerous. You should honor the creator with the way that he destined you and determines you and how he made you and gave you. Next one, God speaks directly to what sin is and clearly, biblically, homosexual is sin along with the other forms of sexual sin along with changing of how God's created, the creator created you, it's all sin. This would be my pastoral coaching to you. Jo, I sat in here and you've made me feel really uncomfortable because I have practiced homosexuality and I am same sex attracted and I don't know what to do. This is what I would really highly encourage you to do. In life, I would say, first of all, you have the choice of staying celibate. Bible talks about eunuchs and you can remain celibate. I have great friends who walked out of homosexual lifestyle. I have a great friend in Vancouver who's married with wonderful kids. I have other friends that's walked out now married. Wonderful, wonderful relationships. Here's the other part to that. You can marry, but marry the opposite sex and choose to have a loving, community, unified, blessed marriage of the opposite sex. Let me let me, let me make sure you clearly understand that. You're a homosexual man, you marry a woman, vice versa. Celibacy, or you marry the opposite sex. Well, J.O., what caused all this? Well, maybe there was trauma, maybe the culture influenced, maybe you opened a door, maybe you were born that way. I'm not here to argue any of those things, but what I will say is choose God's word over your desires and your preferences and how you think and feel. You can believe the Word of God for face value when you read it. It didn't get all jacked up in 1948. I have ripped this thing apart. And if you ever wanna to talk to me, just don't bring me your opinion Bring me the word of God because this is what I've ripped apart over the last three weeks. And we're all in the same boat. No matter how you were born, you must
0: be born again.